There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode four of season three of The Expanse. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, seriously. All right. So before I lose my mind, because it was something else, let's get into ratings. All right. We'll talk about episode three. Brought in a 0.18 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.553 million viewers, making it the 52nd rated cable show for the day. We've got our live plus seven days for episode one. It tied for 14th in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain, going from a 0.2 to a 0.4 for an increase of 100%. And it tied for 23rd in viewers percentage gain, going from 0.654 to 1.257 million viewers for an increase of 92%. Holy shakes. Yes. Like to see numbers over a million. Yes. Okay. Very good stuff. Okay. I feel like I'm going to go all over the place, so I'm trying to get myself together. All right. Well, let's start with the recap on Episode 4, Reload. The Rastanati tends to wounded Martian soldiers in exchange for supplies. Not so much. (laughs) Ava Solara struggles with how to disseminate a key piece of evidence despite being in hiding. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) But we open up with... Probably one of the better FX jobs of the entire series. Oh my gosh, great. See, the salvage fleet arrive at the Nabu's location led by Drummer. Let me say too, I thought all this time it was Nabu. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I'm stuck in Star Wars. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I get it. But yes, this was amazing. This is where they were saving like all the special effects for this first few episodes yes absolutely and so drummer gives the orders to launch the jaws and you see these little ships or something come out of two of the other larger ships that are in this armada because it's not a small um, number of ships here it it looked like star wars it looked like a bunch of little drones that were going on and it was like little mini engines right it was yeah, great, they were able it to, turned it. Yeah, they you had the thousands of them get launched and they attach to the Naboo and then they just their engines fire and it turns that puppy around slicker than anything and you just go, damn. Right, it was good. And then I assuming this is a big thing and even though it seemed like a really small moment, like the um the angel, the herald that was on the very end of the ship. Right. Like, breaks off. Yes. And floats away. And even though that seemed like a really small moment, I feel like that's going to be, like, a big thing. Oh, yeah. It was the Mormon ship. 
and it's not anymore. Like, that's officially what it is, right? Like, okay. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure if it's supposed to be like, okay, this is changing, the ship is changing, or if it was something else. As soon as they get into the hatch and into the ship, Drummer reports that they've secured the Nauvoo and will begin retrofit immediately. Right. She's saying this as they're seeing, like, those paintings on the wall, all the different murals. I'm like, oh. Right. Okay. It's like, this isn't a peaceful place anymore. No, it's not. Oh, my gosh. So much going on. Yeah, that's why they had so many ships with them is to do the retrofit. I mean, they could have done it with the three ships, you know, the two with the Jaws and, and her ship. But, no, they needed all those other ships to for people to start retrofitting. Yeah, all the belters equipment. coming together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, wow. Th- these are understatements at this point. Yes. So we'll just go with wow. All right, so let's head over to Io because, again, wow. Yeah, this took a turn that I didn't see coming at all. So Mal checks to see if the pot assembly is on schedule, and, of course, Strickland confirms it is. Uh, Mal informs him that he wants all the backups and the data cores on his ship and the children prepped as they are going with him. Oh, yes. And then Strickland's like, they didn't all survive. And Mal, oh, man. When he looked at him, he's like, do I really have to specify all the living children? Yes. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah, you really feel like Mal is packing up and getting out of Dodge and shutting this down. At I, least I yeah. did, because he didn't want to give the Agatha King have any of his data, nothing. They were going to show up and, and find the station basically empty. I think that would have probably been a better idea anyway, because obviously at this point, Mao kind of had that change of heart, and he's like, I don't want them to have any of this. I don't want them to experiment on children. Because he's he keeps saying, you were experimenting on children. The hell is right. wrong with you? Yes. Which surprised me, because we know in the first couple of seasons how he was so cold. Right. And yeah, it, it just seemed like a big change, and he's like, screw this. I'm going to go hide out somewhere, whatever. Right. And, yeah, Strickland, Strickland, though, made me want to punch him again. Yeah, because he stomps off and, He's and like you hear him. Yes, and talking crap about not wanting to do the scientific thing and this is going to be a major breakthrough and, you know, just everything, just complaining up one side and down the other. Oh, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to hurt them. Right. And he pays a visit to the child who didn't survive, Katala, who is very much alive. Yeah, and that and whole lied thing to was... And so... Right, and that whole thing, like how Katala was acting... Yeah. I was like, uh, this isn't going to turn out good. No, not at all. Because he asked him how he feels, and he says he's dizzy, and then you hear another voice saying, trying to reassess... Right, and it was very distinct. Yes, and you go, oh, crap. They are actually talking to the proto-molecule here. This is not good. Oh, man. So Strickland tells the tech to prep him for biomass infusion, and he tells Katala he is doing great. And then you see... Why are you lying to that baby? Yeah, and you see Katala looking at Strickland... And at first, it's just his chest, but you start to see the inside 
his rib cage. Yeah, I was worried for Strickland, even though I hate him, because I'm like, mm, dude, you don't see what he's seeing, especially when he's like, hmm, beautiful. Dude, he's not looking at your face. No, <laughs> not at all. They start to prep the uh, children, and of course, May wants to see Katala, and basically puts her foot down and says, I'm not going until I see him, and I'm out of here. And damn it, May, <laughs> you should have got on the damn boat or whatever. That's right. It's not a boat. We know what I mean. But yes. uh, because what happens? It gets way worse. Yes, it does. Because Mal goes after her. And sure enough, he ends up finding her at the room where Katala is being kept. And she just happened to know that. Hmm. She probably seen that. Well, he does, she does say something about she's seen his nurse go in here. Right. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, it was the nurse. So, of course, Mal has to call his guy and tell him to bring Strickland as his passcode won't open the door. Which, if Mal is the one funding this, his should open everything, right? You better believe it should. And if they wouldn't have found what they did inside, Strickland probably would have been taken out and exposed of. But... Yeah, and May would have been saved. Yeah, Strickland shows up and unlocks the door, and they go inside. And he's super pouty-faced this whole time, by the way. Oh, absolutely. But the shock on their faces says it all. The nurse is on the floor in pieces. And thankfully, I mean, May screams. Yes. And Mao has his guy take her out right away. So at least yeah. he has the decency to do that. Yes. But. Yeah, but, and this wasn't just ripped apart. No. Well, it was, but. But, like, so, even worse, like, the veins were stripped out, and it was, like, literally pieces, like, skin removed from bone, removed from muscles. Like, how the hell did he do that? Right. And, of course, you, Katala apologizes, but then the protomolecule says, disassembly reveals useful pathways. Right, and you guys should be scared, like, no. To death. Right, like, like, yeah, you're staring down a train coming right at you because shit just got real. Yeah, big time. And then, are they afraid? No, because what no. happens? Yeah, Mal goes, it's all connected. The boy is talking to the protomolecule. You're right to continue. He's the key to everything. Right, how messed up is that? That is so messed up. Yeah, he, the protomolecule might be, have learned to talk through the boy. That doesn't mean you can control it. Right. That means it's getting stronger. And smarter. Right. And now it just disassemble. Yeah, a human being, piece by piece, who's, yeah, that, the, the little piles that were all around the biggest part of the body was oh, just, God. yeah. <laughs> And when he was kind of, like, moving it here to there, it's like, oh, this goes here, but I'll move this over here. Oh, this looks good. This works. And I'm like, oh, the horror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Let me get past that horror and go to some just... Some more horror on the UN. <laughs> uh, Freaking horror that is Aaron Wright. I hate that man. Yes. <sighs> Which obviously means he's a good actor, but God, that look on his face. Oh, oh I know. He's he, so punchable. Yes. 
<laughs> he is. Because we see him and Gillis uh, waiting for the General Assembly. And, of course, Aaron Wright sees Anna looking at her tablet, seeing the death toll rising. So Aaron Wright walks over to her, telling her that he knows what she's thinking, wondering if this could have been avoided. Right. She's not a jerk. So, yeah, of course she's wondering if it could have been avoided. Right. And she goes, well, of course. What kind of person would would want something like this? Aaron Wright. Yeah. He tells her Mars wanted it as they claimed we fired first over Ganymede. Like, listen. Listen, you little weasel. Yeah. And then he, as they call five minutes for the assembly, he says, oh, well, this is your time to shine. You should go in first. Right. It's your speech. You should be front and center. Right. And right there, I'm like, oh, what did he do? Yeah. I'm like, I don't trust this man because I don't believe that he didn't do something stupid. Right. And the first five or six lines of the speech are just as Anna wrote them. Mm -hmm. This new thing that we've got to come together and figure out and all this great stuff of the unknown. And then it's all Mars' fault. Right. And how it turned. And how the hell did Gillis not be like, this doesn't sound like Anna. No. He was in, I think he was, he was in total moment. agreement, I think. Aaron Wright changed it, of course, but I think he actually passed it by Gillis and said, this is how it's going to go. And Gillis said, okay. Yeah. And Anna looks at him, looks over at Aaron Wright and, that look on his face again. Ugh. Yeah. You know what? Maybe this is how I need to start working out. I need to put, like, that actor's <laughs> face in his character with that smug look, and I can start boxing again. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> because, of course, after the speech, the assembly stands and cheers, except for Anna, who is throwing daggers through her eyes at Aaron Wright. And... That was totally deserved. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, later on, Aaron Wright tells Gillis that the polls are showing that he has overwhelming support. We go, damn it. <sighs> and then Anna comes in and basically gives Gillis a beat down. What the hell was that? He twisted her words and made her part of everything she hates about all of this. And as she's starting to get more and more into it, you get another one of those Aaron Wright looks as she tur as he turns away, you see that smug little <laughs> oh, out of him and you yeah. go, Oh I wanted to punch him repeatedly again. Yeah, he goes over and pours himself another drink, opens his mouth, and Anna shuts him down immediately, saying, You don't ever get to speak to me again. Right, and, and it was like, oh, and he's, the look on his face is like, oh, oh. Say what? <laughs> okay. I'm the one running this thing. You can't tell me what to do. It's like, mm, watch me. Yeah, and of course she uh, informs Gillis that he's Aaron Wright's hand puppet. Yeah, I think he was a little surprised, too. That's like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, he's got... His hand right up your backside. Yeah, right. It's like, don't, his words are coming out of your mouth. I don't want to yeah. hear it from you anymore. It's like, oh, damn. 
used to be a decent man, or at least she thought you were a decent man beneath all that, but she was wrong. And she storms out of there, goes back to her room, and starts gathering her things to pack as she's talking with her wife going over her mistakes. She shouldn't have ever trusted him again, and every time he calls, she's right there and just beating herself viciously about it, which I can understand. But fortunately, her wife is more upset because of all the deaths in the Amazon, and she doesn't feel like she can protect her daughter or explain it to her daughter. And that at least refocuses Anna. And she says, well, I'm coming home. They say their goodbyes. And Anya continues packing when she receives the message. Oh, God. When she starts watching it, I'm like, I want Gillis to walk in right now. Right. And just be like, (laughs) what is this? And have both of them watch at the same time. Like, this is what I want to happen. This is not what happened. Right. But... Uh, I was like, please. Yeah, that would have really been great if that if he would have come in to at, l- at least knocked on the door to apologize and she let him in and it's starting to play. Right. Something. And they get to see the uh, the admission that he makes in that video. Because I wanted to like rake my eyeballs out just every time he was on screen. He just. Yeah. <laughs> this is how much I dislike this character. I know. Uh, Okay. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to meet him now. I feel like I yeah. hate you, but you're great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is that like a good thing for actors? We need to talk to some and find out. Right. Yes. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. I mean, some of the people that we've seen that we've hated the most were these type of characters that you can't help but feel a lot of respect for the actors pulling it off and making you despise them so much. It's a fine bit of acting there. Yes, yes, it is. So let's go to the Rossi, shall we? Or the penis cornipitis torta. <laughs> I can't say it. The torta. It's the Rossi. I give up. Yeah. I, I didn't call it a penis, I swear. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. The Rossi slows down to get through some battlefield debris on their way to Io. And Alex is, of course, in the pilot's chair, and Alex is up there with him. And as they go slowly through the debris field, you see people frozen on bulkheads. I know. I was like, ah! Yeah. (laughs) That was just rough. And, of course, Holden asks Alex if he's okay. I wouldn't be. No. And, of course... Alex isn't because he wonders if he knows any of these people or served with any of them. Right. And you, you could understand that from Alex and the oh, fact absolutely. that Naomi's like, Oh, why don't you like go over there? Yeah. Uh, so Hol- yeah. Holden informs him that they're running on empty and half the fleet is hunting. So hunting out two new passengers. So we need a resupply here. Yeah. And, Alex, uh, you know what, Wes Chatham, I do love you, but <laughs> sometimes, damn, Alex is so, or not Alex, Amos, Amos. is so blunt, Yeah, and it's really hard sometimes, but Alex is like, ah, yeah, Robin Graves, what can we do? Okay. And Amos is just like, yeah, dead people don't need their stuff. It's like, dude, <laughs> come 
Come on. I know, like, there's zero filter lately. Like, the right. little bit of filter he had in season one, like, totally got turned off. Yeah. I don't know what switch flipped in your head, but try just a little bit. A little bit of a filter. Right. No, I I think it's what Naomi did that just completely turned his filter off. Yeah. Completely. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of rough, though, when he said something that's like, uh. Now, of course, Naomi agrees that it's a smart idea. And, of course, Holden tells them to find a likely candidate. And we see um, Ava Solara actually wearing space clothing. Wasn't that like the racing suit? Yeah. Yeah, I think as so. she's watching the screen with the death toll rising. But it's like, I'm looking at her going, all right. I feel like she just wanted to be like, look at, I am in damn fine shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she looks amazing. Yeah. And I, yeah. again, like another reason I have to start working out again because. <laughs> Dude, I feel that. But I'm just like, damn. Okay, she looks awesome. And Bobby, which Bobby has been in this skin-tight outfit for three seasons or whatever. But yeah, she comes in she's like, I don't know how you can wear that thing. Really? You've basically been wearing this thing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. like, and then I realized it wasn't because it's like the skin-tight like scuba suit. It was just because of who whose it was. Right. But, yeah. The skin of her enemy. And Bobby replies, <laughs> well, this must be the skin of her ex. Yeah, I was like, damn, okay. There's a way to look at it. Oh, my gosh. So I love it because you have this back and forth with those two. Oh, yeah, and it was amazing. Right, because, you know, she gets this small tablet that you know, she's reading all the information. And, well, we can't send anything out. And I was, I was like, didn't they teach you how to get people to do what you need them to do? And right. I love it because she's like, um, yeah, I don't do stuff with my people skills. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly with my boot right up their butt. Okay. It's like, and it's like, they're like bonding and it's so weird. I know I keep saying like, I'm sorry guys, but it, it was so, oh, I don't know. It was like watching one of those things where you always want like the people to be best friends. And you're like, come right. on. You yeah. It was almost like a mother and daughter talking. Yes. And the bond is finally there, and it wasn't there, not really, before. Like, they understood each other, and they understood right. the bigger picture and why they had to work together. But when that moment happened, I'm like, yes! Yeah, they're finally absolutely. Bonding. It was huge. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. But she does say, too, you know, Bobby does say, well, I'm not a spy. It's like, oh, don't rub it in. Because yeah. <laughs> Katyar is like, in in the hands of the enemy at this point, which they right. obviously don't know this, but come on, don't yeah. throw any salt <laughs> in my wound. <sighs> Speaking of where Kotiar is, Avasar is like, I can solve problems. I just need an open channel to solver. Right. Like, really? Not knowing that right. Nguyen is in charge now, and it would... Not help. No, it would go right in the trash can if that message ever got there. I don't know. I, I still feel like his people are going to be, like, uh, I guess, loyal to not just him, but overall to the UN. Right. And so maybe because Nguyen came in and he was kind of a jerk, like, maybe they'll kind of skirt around him. Right. Uh, I'm hoping so, too. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So 
So, of course, Bobby informs her that Holden is dead set on staying out of the war, and she's betting he won't let you issue orders to an admiral over his radio. Uh. And Officer Lara replies that she met her mother and thinks he won't be able to ride the fence for long. Let's give him a push. Yeah, she did do that, didn't she? She did. So Alex and Naomi have found a candidate that looks like it was taken out of the battle early, so it should have some ammunition. But there are several black boxes around sending out automated location signals. Got to so get make in and get out. Yep. Oh, man. So when they do find a likely candidate, again, they go on. It's like, all right, let's get some some of the stuff that we need. Let's work fast and secure docking. And we come back to Prax, though, who keeps watching this video with Strickland. Yeah. And I'm like, don't watch. Turn away, baby. Yeah. Turn away. <laughs> Close your eyes. Like, this is what, like, I want to just go and cover his eyes. Stop watching right. this thing about the protein <laughs> molecule. I feel so horrible for him. Yes. And even Amos, I mean, Amos, okay, here's again with these damn floating tools, but he does say <laughs> something to Prax. Haven't you learned your lesson about leaving stuff in zero G? What's up? Yeah. And then he goes up and he's like, you, haven't you seen that enough? Stop. Which, yeah. Amos and Prax, it's like Amos suddenly has all the right things to say and the right filter, even though it's not really a filter, when talking to Prax. Right, which is... It's like Prax is his Jiminy. Yeah. And, and suddenly, <laughs> like, okay, I need to say things this way. And I don't know what it is. What, I mean, what do you think it is? Is it that Amos is like, I needed somebody to do this for me and nobody else is doing this for him, so I need to do it? I think so. I think this is, Amos has found his, I can't I can't really say new friend, but it, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of feels like he's big brothering Prax. Okay. Prax really isn't, you know, he's a biologist. He's not had to deal with everything that's been going on that they've had to deal with. So he's kind of trying to take him under his wing and, and help him adjust to this new life that he has. And I hope this is going to work. And I really hope that Amos can kind of merge these two personalities. Right. Because when he's with Prax, yeah, it's a whole different person. And I really like how Amos is and how he's treating Prax. Yes. And I think that Amos really needs this to kind of, like, soothe himself. Yes. So, we'll see. To help him get over what Naomi did. Yeah. But, I mean, even as this is happening, Prax is like, they're manufacturing these things. What am I going to do? What if May does become one? It's like, how am I going to kill her? And Amos, at, at this point, I was expecting something really brash. Right. And he... He just kind of doesn't say anything. He's like, suit up. We got to join Holden on the other ship. And it, it was just kind of surprising. It's like, I felt like Amos kind of was going to go along the lines of, you won't be the one. And I'm wondering right. if that's kind of where he is going, that if this happens, he won't let Prax do it. Right. And I'm right there with you. I think that because of how the, <laughs> the one on Ganymede, really tore Prax up mm-hmm. thinking that it could have been May, that Amos is not going to let him go go through that again. Okay. Oh, man. Whether it is May or not. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's going to be hard if it does come to that. 
for Prax. Right. Either way, if he does it or Famous does it or, you know. But yeah. that's several episodes down the road if we get to that, which I'm hoping we don't. Right. But let's stick with where we are. Let's stick with Alex saying, hey, I'm going to go make something nice for everybody when they get back. And I thought it was kind of funny because Naomi's like, oh, yeah, you know, I used to make this thing called bread kibble. And Alex, you know, kind of stops and looks at her. He's like, wait, you're offering to cook? And for a second, I'm like, wait, was his lasagna that bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 let me try because that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I wasn't sure if that's kind of the route it was going or if Naomi is still just trying to get in Alex's good graces or a little both. Right. Yeah. I, and for a second there, you thought that it, w- it got real tense there for a second. Right. And you kind of go, oh, crap, where's this going? It's like, and, is Alex pissed because somebody else is trying to cook? It's like, that's my right, moment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You back off. And by the way, when we do see the red kibble, it just looks like chili to me. Yeah. So, oh, it's kind of spicy. Belcher food. It's like, dude, it looks like chili. Uh, yeah. Is this not a thing anymore? I don't know. But Not for uh, Marines. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. You're eating processed food. Uh, MREs. <laughs> Apparently, those are better than Red Kibble. I don't know. But right. I, I kind of felt like Naomi should have let him go, too, because it would have been a way to kind of get his mind off of what's actually happening over on the other ship. Right. Because we find out Holden over there, and he's like, oh, hey, the ammo is almost full. Let's get this. Let's get all yep. this stuff. And, yeah, I just thought it would have been a nice way to kind of, hey, Alex, go take your mind off everything. Right. Go bake some cookies with nothing real, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. as Holden's over there, all of a sudden he's like, everybody stop. Did you panic? Oh, absolutely. Because right away I'm like, oh, shit, there's another proto-monocule thing. I'm yeah. like, there's a proto-monster, whatever. Here we go again. Yeah, I started to panic. I'm like, oh, God, what? What are they hearing? And he follows, you know, he puts his hand on the bulkhead, and then he just kind of follows it down the hallway, and it's like, what the hell are you doing? Don't open the door. Because, of course, yeah, I'm thinking the worst. Yeah. But then he stops, and he's actually able to make out the tapping that it's Morris code for SOS. Right. And it's like, well, let's set up a pressurized area because we need to see what's going on. Right. <laughs> and and at, of course, at least we know it's not the monster, but... Mm, yeah. And Bobby comes up and... Talks to Alex about this, and she's not real happy about it either. Robbing the graves. Right. Until Alex says, uh, hold on, because uh, she asks, why are they setting up this habitat thing? And he goes, because they're saving survivors. Yeah, so then she's like, oh, her mind. Yeah, got real sheepish all of a sudden, didn't you? Yeah, so they get the door open, and they find this, a survivor who says he knew the Martians would show up. Right. So I'm like, oh, okay, there's like one person alive. Like, yeah, that's sucks, what I was thinking, too. But... They, they found one. Right. But. <laughs> right. Oh, no, there's not one. There's three that survive. Holy cow. Yeah. Because we get to see the kitten, kittenger, I think. Yeah. Okay. Like tethered to the Rossi and they're both flying away so that they can at least get out of the area and, well, take everything they need. Right. And. Do it a little more, uh peaceful fashion without having to constantly look over their back to see if a martian ship was showing up right 
And we do see the three Martians in sickbay. And it's like, okay, great. And the one is talking. And the kid, I don't know the guy's name. And he's like, well, what about the lieutenant? Because we find out the lieutenant basically grabbed them and, like, threw them into this room. And sealed the door. Yeah. So the guy saved them because right away the guns, it it shot right through, like, the main area. So they do say that when they got in, they're like, man, that hit life support right away. They Most of these people would have been dead instantly. Right. So these three are safe. It's like, great, but... Not so great because, yeah, yeah, the guy who (laughs) saved you died. But you can honor him, right? You can hang on and be upstanding people. Right. And you kind of think, okay, it's gonna, it's gonna go okay. But, mm, started getting kind of wonky because. Yeah, because. Yeah, they notice Alex is in a uniform, but Amos and Holden aren't, even though they recognize Holden as the captain. And the girl, who I do believe that is somebody who's familiar to us, Oh, absolutely. That, that was Kelly McCormick. Yes. From a little show that we talk about called Killjoys. Yes. On sci-fi. Yay. <laughs> but I was like, wait a second. I know her face. Yes, <laughs> we do. These crossovers. Thank you, sci-fi. She started getting kind of uh, rowdy pretty Just quick. Just a little. I was getting a little irritated with her pretty quick. Yeah. And we do see, though, like Bobby happens to run into Holden in the... The hall after Holden's like, listen, we're gonna patch you up, we're gonna get you where you need, we're not in this war. Right. And that's, I think, what kind of set this girl off. Yeah. And, but Holden sees Bobby, he's like, hey, why don't you go talk to them? Maybe that'll help them, cause you know, you're one of them. She's like, no, I'm not. They're not gonna see yeah. it that way. No, they are not gonna see her the same way now. But at the same time, they may not really know who Bobby is. Right. So I feel Absolutely. like it, it might have been a good play. Yeah. Why do you think she's just like, eh, I'm not going that route? Well, I'm sure the people on Mars are completely aware of what she did in deserting the military. Now, as far as the people in the military that are out in the field, the news might not have gotten around, but it probably did. I mean... We see Ava Solara watching Gillis's speech. So if they aren't just constantly in battle for weeks at a time, then yeah, they probably had a chance to catch up on what's going on and, and probably would have known, but they didn't say anything later to her about it. So they must not have known. Right. That's what I was thinking. Right. So that probably would have been a good play, but of course she had food for her and Ava Solara. And with Avasalara seeing Anna in the audience. Light bulb. Yeah. She tells uh, Bobby she needs to talk to Holden as and leaves as Bobby takes a bite. And Red Kibble didn't uh, seem to agree with her. He just had that look <laughs> in her face like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But we do, again, see Amos and Prax over on the other ship finishing up their salvage mis- mission. And even as this is happening, like, they run across a dead body. Right. And I don't get it because Prax changes his attitude so quickly. Because he's like, there's nothing else here. It's like, dude, you just, like, knocked out the dead body. And can I just ask you, too, why aren't they going through all of those, like, containers? Why aren't you opening everything you see to see what's in it? It might be food. It could be anything. Well, I think it's. They are able to tell by where 
it's stored as to what it actually is. What if it was and yeah, they, they Prax knocked the right. Prax knocks the guy over, and they open the the thing, and there's only like one container in it, and they grab that. That's why Prax said, "Yeah, that's all there is here." Right. I mean, ugh. yeah. Open everything. You don't know what's in it. Maybe they didn't put stuff away. They're really bad, you know, housekeepers. I don't know. Right. <laughs> So, of course, Alex also takes some of the red kibble to the survivors, <laughs> and they have about the same reaction that Bobby did, even though Alex eats it and says, well, that's different. <laughs> right. But you know what? Dude, you guys almost died. Shut up and eat the food. Exactly. I'm sorry. But no, they start getting more and more belligerent by the moment. Yes. Alex tells them to calm down, but that ain't going to happen. Like, listen. Yeah. And again. I think I said this, and I've said this every time I see this on, on TV when people start getting all crazy and, and up in arms. Like, has telling somebody to calm down in the history of ever, ever worked? No. no. <laughs> and you know what? And I'm guilty of it when I have somebody, like, losing their shit at, at work. Yeah, at work. Like, yeah. Please <laughs> calm down so I can help you. I don't even know who you are. And it's like, oh, I just said that. What is wrong with me? You know, so it's like it comes out before you realize it. But Alex seemed genuinely surprised that they weren't calming down. He's obviously been working with the, you know, his little family and the group of people previous to this for so long that you could be like, dude, calm down. And they'd be like, all right. Oh, yeah, I was going a little crazy. Obviously not so much with people who almost died. Right. (laughs) I think you're hangry. Eat some of that red kibble. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, that that went a whole route that I was not expecting. Right. Which we'll get to, I know. Okay, let's, let's yeah. go back to Ava Solara. So Ava Solara is showing Holden and Naomi the video of Aaron Wright admitting to being in league with Mal and wants to get this sent to the people who could use it. Now, of course, Holden tells her no, and she goes, well, she just saw Gillis's speech and that he's being Aaron Wright's puppet. So Holden asks her if she can fix it, and Ava Solara says yes, that sending it to the right person will. And she shows him the picture of Anna and tells him that back in their protester days, Anna and Gillis, Anna was Gillis's conscience and wrote the speech that started his political career. Now, of course, Naomi pipes up and says, we aren't sending any messages. Yeah, Naomi... I don't think you're, you're really still in Holden's good graces at this point. No, you just need to sight unseen here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Holden asks her, asks why her and Avasalara tells him that they will be monitoring all UN communications and Anna is an outsider with direct access to Gillis. And the longer this goes, the more bombs will fall and please help me stop it. Right. Because, and this is what I think finally got him when he's, when she was like, you know, Amazonia is not too far from, was it Montana or Minnesota? Yeah. He's supposed to be from Montana, right? Montana. It's like, oh, that's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you see his face, just like the briefest flicker of, God dang it. Yeah. So, of course, he tells Naomi to find them a router that can't be traced so a type beam can be sent. And you, s- Naomi is like, <laughs> damn it, Holden. Why? Why? Like, listen, still not happy with you. Shush. Yeah. <laughs> so he tells Avasalara they will send it out as quietly as they can. And as they shake hands, she tells him, thank you for being the man your mother knows you are. Again, really? 
Why yeah. do you have to go that route? Not saying yeah. that he's not that. You don't man. have to be a politician with them, please. Yeah. You start making us question your motivations here. <laughs> oh man! And even at this point, because when Avasara leaves, Naomi looks at Holden. She's like, "Yeah, this is how it starts. You know that, right?" He's like, "All we're doing is sending a message. We're not doing anything else." And she, she doesn't. I don't know if it's that she's hurt that he's not listening, or right. hurt that everything that happened has him so upset with her. Like, I'm not a hundred percent. Because she's like, you can't trust her. And when he comes back with, and I can trust you, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, that hurt. That hurt all of us, Holden. Even though we don't trust her either, that hurt all of us. (laughs) I understand what she is. And he says, I'm going to go help Amos with the supplies. Yeah. Just, oh, man. Yeah, twisting that damn knife. Yep. Speaking of twisting... They've got the survivors have Alex twisted in knots and at gunpoint as they leave the med bay and head to ops. Yeah, Naomi sees Alex coming up the stairs and, oh, Alex just is, like, trying to give the barest signal to her. Right. no, not good. And then we (laughs) see the girl. They never said their names, so I I don't know who it was. I'm sorry. Well, I think they did at the very end or something, but I didn't catch it either. And just, like, uh, yeah, we're kind of screwed. And Naomi's like, whoa, 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 listen, we can work here. And, you know, third guy who we thought was passed out in Med Bay. Right. You know, he. Sleeping beauty right, there. Who helped really take Alex down. They're like, go get guns. Go get as much guns and ammo as you can. Yeah. Is that going to work? You're sending one guy to the armory. First of all, he's only going to be able to carry so much. Right. Second, you don't know where all the other people are from the ship. Right. I don't think it's going to be that easy. But, of course, they're yelling at Naomi, give me access to the ship. She's like, mm, yeah, no. Yeah, not going to happen. Uh, the captain has the key. That's smart. Yeah. But, of course, they're yelling at her, lay in a course to Callisto, because we're going to the Mar- the Martians. We're going to go take care of this, and we're going to be with the Jupiter fleet. It's like, probably not. I can't do yeah. that. First of all, we're, like, running on fumes. We're not going to make it. We're all going to die. Yeah, we've got, my crew was still on the Kittinger, even though they didn't realize it was functioning. Right, and then all of a sudden they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, hello, we were trying to yeah, get we, some of this stuff. Yeah, oh, we just wanted to get it away from the debris field. Okay, better <laughs> to say that than we were just scavenging shit. Right. But then again, had other salvagers been there, you probably wouldn't have been saved. They'd have spaced you, sorry. Right. Exactly. And this girl hits Alex over the head. All right, you better quit. You better quit hitting our pilot. Yeah. That is not cool. <laughs> Cass Anvar is ours. You better quit. Yeah. <laughs> Says it feels they're a little ungrateful, yeah. and that's when she. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. Uses that so butt screwed. of the gun to <laughs> hit him in the head. I'm like, you are so super screwed. First of all, let me ask. If you knock him out, what's your play here? You now do not have a shield. A pilot, yeah. You also don't have a pilot, yeah, which they don't necessarily know he's the pilot. But even when he was going back and forth with them, he's like, I did 20 years in. I deserve to wear this uniform. I was honorably discharged. I am now working out here. The hell is wrong with you, little brass? Exactly. (laughs) A little back and forth. So, yeah, little snot-nosed punks, whatever. 
But <laughs> we have our third guy yeah. who makes it to the armory, and all of a sudden, because he can't find ammo to save his life, because our yeah. people are smart, they're like, oh, they normally put this together. Maybe we don't. Yeah. Holden comes on, and they have a fight. And it was a pretty knockdown dragout fight. Oh, absolutely. I did get scared for a minute, though, because our guy pointed the gun and just, like, pulled the trigger. And thankfully, yeah. there was nothing. But he kept pulling the trigger. It's like, dude, after the first, like, three times, did you really think something was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I love Holden's face, because he's just, like, dead serious looking at him like, no. Yeah. But, man, he, like, bloodied up his nose and... Yeah. With the gun, no less. Yes. And... You know what, Holden? I wasn't expecting him to be able to fight as well as he did because I. Oh, what shoot! He was Navy, of course. Oh, that's right. I yes. keep forgetting he was Navy. Yeah, he's military as well, so yeah, he's got some some skills. And these guys were not trained the same way Bobby was. No. Okay, so that no. that's where <laughs> the difference is too. So Holden yeah. takes him out like chokehold. I thought he broke his neck. Right. No. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Okay. And all yeah. I kept thinking is, dude, you're so screwed when Amos gets back, which is kind of funny, because I do believe Naomi yeah. actually says that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are super screwed when my mechanic gets back. Oh, no, it was Holden that says that, right? Yeah. Holden ends up coming back when Naomi is like, see, we're running on fumes. Ah, oh, shit, he hit the alarm. And, of course, you know, our guy's like, what is that? Our little young yeah. guy who... I feel is the smarter of the three, but not so smart of the three rescued. Right. Because he has Holden walks up like, eh, hey guys, what's up? He's so damn calm. Yeah. I cannot understand this like level of total zen coming off him right now. He just got in this huge fight, nose bleeding. Just like, yeah, what's up? You're screwed if you don't back down like right now. Because man, Amos is going to take y'all out. Yeah. <laughs> and Naomi's like, oh, yeah, he's he's right. I was waiting for Alex to even be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're screwed. Sorry. Yeah. And Naomi <laughs> says, let's try for the version where nobody shoots anybody. <laughs> and then here comes Bobby. Hey, what's all the ruckus? Yeah. It's like, oh. Which allows Naomi to get away from the young kid, mm-hmm. at least. So now she's standing behind Holden. And this is where we see the kid is like, oh, oh, crap. Yeah. We're super And, of course, we cut over to the Kittinger where Prax and Amos are still working. And, unfortunately, they laid their little communicator down and have not seen the master alarm yet. Because you know Amos would have been, like, yeah, running. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) He would have loved this. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, fight. Been itching for one for a while. Yeah. But this was Bobby's moment to shine. She tells him, I'm going to give you a pass because you're young and stupid. But keep pointing that thing at me, and I'm going to take it away from you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they should have said, oh, shit, right then and there. But she's not having hearing any of it. And the guy even tries to tell her, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, he's you back there doing the her. cut side, like, no, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Look at her. She's a marine. Yeah. She's going to kill you with your own pinky. <laughs> yeah. And he even tells her that Bobby could force feed it to her if she wanted to. Right. And 
she's still looking at her like, no, no, I got this. I got this. It's like, do you? Do you really? No. <laughs> Bobby was really calm, which was really kind of weird. Right. I mean, it, it's a change for her, too. Normally in this situation, she had just broken the girl's arm, taken the gun, and been done right. with it. But she's, her people skills that she said she had none of actually helped her solve a problem, which was a great foreshadowing. Yes. So I'm assuming this will help later some more. Mm, I'm sure it will. So obviously we have Amos finally back on board, carrying the other guy up onto the deck. (laughs) Now, again, I'm like, oh, man, because he goes, oh, shit, did I miss it? I'm like, is that guy now dead for real? Because I'm starting to question. It's like, dude, you didn't know what was happening. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Amos ain't playing around with you guys. No. But next thing we know, we see Amos and Naomi over on the Kittinger. And Naomi asking if that's enough water. Or no, wait. Amos says that's all the water and CO2 we can provide. It should be enough to get them back. And Naomi's like, are you sure? And he's like, I don't know, I guess. Naomi's like, all right, well, it's nice to be working on something that's easy to repair. And uh, I know you're trying, Naomi. And Amos, yeah, but... Amos just like, yeah, some things just don't get fixed and walks away. It's like, damn. Yeah. Dude, you, Amos, you heard him. You cut him deep. Yes. I don't I don't know if there's coming, uh, any coming back from this with those two. Right. Uh, that, she may be able to make up with Alex somewhat, but... I'm not sure she's ever going to get back to where she was with uh, Amos and Holden. Well, it hurt with Holden because everyone's like, yes, they're finally together. But together, Amos, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they're like this brother-sister relationship, Sister. yeah, I'm not right. sure if that's repairable like in any <laughs> right. way. No, no. Oh, man. And we do see Holden and Bobby talking, and and we do eventually see Alvis Lara talking to the, the third kid who seemed to at least know who the hell the Marines were. It's like, don't do it. Yeah. And, you know, the kid's <laughs> like, oh, okay, this feels like I'm awaiting sentence. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just want you to meet somebody. Yeah, and here comes Avasalara. And he's like, what? What? And this? knows exactly who she is. <laughs> you go, what? Right. And she's like, yeah, listen, we need you to deliver a message. <laughs> and... He's just looking at her like she's lost her mind. Right. Give this to Admiral Father of the Agatha King. Now, I thought they were going to a Marine ship. Why are they going to? No, she said, give it to. Oh, she said, show it to your commander and have it passed along to Admiral Souther. Okay, that makes way more sense. Because I was like, wait a minute. I'm confused. (laughs) Okay, that makes more sense. I got it. I got it. See, this is what happens when I I don't know how to read well. Um, And he's like, well, what if I do? What happens if I don't? It's like, well, whatever. We're still like pushing you out there. Do what you got to do. Right. But Bobby's like, we've made the. Kittinger more livable and it's all yours. Right. She's like, you have to understand what happened. And Bobby telling them, I think is what's going to make this workable for the kid. Right. I think so too. And they show, when they show him. Yeah. Right. That's the other thing. And I, I think that this poor kid, as much as he wants to help and be like, all right, we need to save our people. We need to show them this so this gets out so the right people get, like, 
finger pointed and be taken out of the game, and then maybe everything stops because obviously he doesn't want all his people dead. Right. Then this yeah, is why this he'll is do the it. way to stop the war right here. Right. This is why I'm like, this needs to go everywhere. It needs to be like yeah. a mass like <laughs> blast out there so everybody sees it and everybody is now after Aaron Wright's ass. Right. And that's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> but we're hoping that at least the right things will happen because we see the Kittinger head off and Alex is like, all right, guys, let's go this way. Because he turns and and our people go the other way. Now, I'm guessing they at least took fuel, right? I mean, that's what we're assuming so that they're not running on fuel. Well, they, yeah, I don't know if they took any fuel. They may have had to give them fuel to get to where they were going. So, oh, yeah, we may not have gotten any fuel. We got some ammo, but. Well, we got something. Yeah. And Alex goes to find Bobby and she's working out and he thinks her, for, you know, helping out. And she's like, yeah, well. I gotta do what I gotta do, right? And she kind of, like, jokes around with him, and she's like, are they okay? Are those kids gonna be safe? And he's like, yeah, Naomi knows her stuff, it's fine. And she's, you know, ends with, okay, hey, uh, why don't we work off that gut? You're getting a little flabby. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, his wife just totally dumped him, too. That ain't right. (laughs) That's mean. But, I mean, it was kind of, like, obviously playful. But still, it's like, right, yeah. is, she, is she flirting with him? I, I, it's the only Martian around, so... She doesn't have to only flirt with Martians, but, like... No, but, yeah, it's it's possible that there might be something oh. there, but, yeah, it's like, all of a sudden, Bobby became human. Right. <laughs> like, wow, you need to stay around Ava Solara more. <laughs> Because you're becoming human. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm excited to find out more. Oh, absolutely. So, and Steve, did we get feedback today for episode four of The Expanse? Oh, yes, we did. Fred from the Netherlands once again gave us some audio feedback, so let's take a listen. Hello, Fern Girl Zone podcasters. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback on The Expanse podcast about season three, episode four. First off, I have to admit I've been cheating on this podcast. I'm having an affair with the podcast of Solotalk Media about the expanse called Tales from the Rosinante. Because there are probably listeners out there that are such big expanse fans that they listen to almost every podcast available, I will try to keep my feedback as different as possible. For instance, I mainly talked about the actor crossovers between Killjoys and The Expanse on that other podcast, and almost nothing about the content of the episodes. So I will do that over here. Nevertheless, I shortly want to mention the crossovers, because I'm always very into that, and I really like that. There are at least three actors in this episode who we also know from Killjoys. In this episode, we see Ensign Sinopoli, played by Atticus Mitchell, and Ensign Loftis, played by Kelly McCormack. They both have played in Killjoys as well. Atticus played in three episodes as Pepin Foster, and Kelly in eight episodes of Killjoys as Seth. They could both be seen in the last two episodes of season three of Killjoys, so perhaps we see them back in season four. Furthermore, is Dr. Strickland no other than Gander from Killjoys? The actor, Ted Atherton, has played in 7 episodes of Killjoys and 8 episodes of The Expanse so far. Okay, 
back to the episode. I really like the opening sequence, salvaging the Nauvoo under the command of badass commander Grummer. It's a pity we didn't see more of her in this episode. On the other hand, bringing the Nauvoo back to Tycho is probably not the most thrilling thing to watch. I loved Alex's uh, amazed look on his face when Naomi is offering to cook as much as the look on Bobby's face when she's eating that stuff. Really funny. Of course, as probably everybody, I disliked the speech of the Secretary General. I just wonder how much of it was written or rewritten by Aaron Wright. Or did Aaron Wright just manipulate him uh, as usual? And these are really the Secretary-General's own words. I liked Anna in episode 2, but I didn't like how Elizabeth Mitchell portrayed Anna this time. Just not convincing enough. Fortunately, she did tell the Secretary-General, or Esteban, the truth. And you didn't need to be his hand puppet. You could have been better than this. You should have been more than this. I used to believe that there was a decent man somewhere inside you, buried under that ambition. I'm sorry, I was so wrong. Just a little note, it's a little bit Mitchell, family of Atticus Mitchell, who plays Ensign Sinopoli in this episode. Probably not. I think Mitchell is a widely spread family name in the US. Or isn't it? Some funny moments when Ensign Runhofer is looking for ammo and James Holland walks in and he tries to shoot James. I loved the clicking of the empty gun. And the second funny moment was when Amos was coming into Ops with Ensign Renhofer under his arm saying, Shit, did I miss it? Okay, some final thoughts and questions. We never saw anything back about the little rest of Molecule in the cargo bay of the Rocinante. How long do we have to wait to see that? I'm not a reader of the Expound books, but I know from people who do that this is going to play an important role. Second, what is actually happening on Mars? We didn't see anything about that. Three, what is happening on Venus? Where is eh, the proto-molecule is evolving there? We didn't see anything of that back. So, a lot of stuff for next episode. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Okay, Fred, I will forgive you for cheating on us. Yeah. <laughs> Tales from the Rossinati sounds like it's probably pretty good. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> good old uh, Solo Talk Media, who also did an Orphan Black podcast, so we can understand that you kind of follow podcasters that you like, and we're glad that you're listening to us now that you found us. So. Yes, yeah. so we forgive the the, uh, the straying, but you know, at least we're all together. This is like some weird religious group. It's a whole different kind of show that we've talked about. But anyway, let's talk about this for a second. Uh, Yes, you pointed out the crossovers. Put them on our website, thankfully, since we've missed them. I don't know how we keep missing them. I give up. I think well, we caught Avis. Yeah, we true. caught Avis from the Killjoys. And the, the one, you know, as soon as we saw Pippin and Zeph from Killjoys, I, we knew that they were there. But the one that really got me was Strickland playing Gander on Killjoys. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I think you're going to be our official crossover spotter because we've yes. fallen down on the job. We got one of, what, five so far? <laughs> we do not have a good percentage. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I think we did mention, at least in this episode, about Aaron Wright basically hijacking the speech. Right, because like the first maybe five to ten lines, he Anna was reciting him right along with the Secretary General. Right. It wasn't until he said, stopped and started talking about Mars that it was off her, not on her script. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, good job, you did great. And that sly smile that made you, oh, when he yeah. clawed his <laughs> eyes. Ugh. There's a lot of hate for this character. I don't think I'm going to be able to get past that anytime soon. Ugh. But I'll move on for a minute. Um, yes. Mitchell is a pretty common name in the U.S., though. Yes, it is. So the chances that they're going to actually connect these two in the series, I think, is a long shot. Right. So uh, <laughs> what else did I want to point out? Oh, the protomolecule. I I have the book. I still haven't read it. The first one. <laughs> Only the first one. This book is giant. But yeah. uh, I think it's going to take a while. And that that makes me sad because I feel like it's going to be one of those things that they throw on us. And it's going to be, like, instead of that little teeny tiny piece of a molecule, it's going to suddenly be, like, this giant almost coming to life moment. Right. So I'm afraid for our crew, but I think that's not going to come up for a couple more episodes. Let's hope not, at least. And then what's going on in Mars and Venus? I don't know, Steve, do you have an idea? Because, I honestly, there's, like, no clue for, on my side. Right, yeah. Uh, Mars is still... I think trying to figure out what's going on just like the UN is. And as far as Venus goes, the protomolecule's doing something. Now, what? Who knows yet? Right. Hopefully we'll find out soon, but. Right. Yeah. Big question marks on our side. So thank you so much, Fred, because again, our super crossover spotter and. Always has good questions, so we appreciate that. And we're hoping that we're at least answering some of them as we go. (laughs) We try hard, at least. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Fred. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Fred. While you guys are listening and coming up with your own theories and thoughts, why don't you shoot us an email, just like Fred did previously. Let us know what you think. I mean, we're not the only ones who have these theories. So put on your tinfoil hat. (laughs) Or just tell us how you feel about the episode in general. And while you're at it, rate and review us over on iTunes and any other podcatchers you're finding us at, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. We do hope you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to check out everything. You can find all our contact information at www.fangirlzone.com. You can click it. It makes it easy because you don't even have to do anything because it takes you right to the page you need to go. And, of course, we have all of our other stuff, con news, movies, games, music, television streaming we have some books we're kind of behind in the book part i'm sorry (laughs) i am behind but you can always you know if you want to put a book review up i'll put that up too put your name on it hey why not so that's right send us everything so for this episode of sci-fi talk i am sean fangirl s and i'm steve i can't even make you do what i want and you're half my size look i'm a shooter not a spy i don't usually solve problems with my people skills. And until next time.